0: You're listening to the Wobcast with the one and only, the legendary, the insurmountable Wobby.
1: Hey everybody, welcome back. It's another edition of the Wobcast and I'm your host Mike Wobshaw coming to you from the summer home of the Minnesota Vikings for the 52nd consecutive year. Mankato, Minnesota, the campus of Minnesota State University. It's 2017 Verizon Vikings Training Camp. It's the Wobcast. I'm Mike Wobshaw. Nate Vaughn is here. Pack show coming up for you. We're super excited to get to a bunch of stuff. You may have seen one of our new Vikings.com personalities, Allie Arlt, doing interviews the last week and a half or so. She's going to join us in a little bit. We have an interview with Luke Inman, one of the many Uh, bloggers who come to training camp to write about the Vikings, does a great job. He's going to join us. We have some fan mail. We have some sound to get to that we want to share with you. Um, Lots of stuff going on. What's up, Nate? How's it going? It could be worse
2: right now. It could be worse. Sitting outside a nice little little cove of Julia A. Sears' dormitory.
1: We are outside, feet up on benches, recording a podcast that's called The Wobcast, the second one of training camp. It's sunny. It's like 75 degrees. We're going to go out to practice in a little bit. So I checked the weather report. 75 degrees and sunny. It's perfect. Um, and it's crazy. Um, after today, Nate, only three more practices left in the Mankato part of training camp after today.
2: That's crazy. That's unbelievable. The home stretch. And I say that's it, what they call it.
1: Right. I say the Mankato part of training camp because. Most people stop calling it training camp when we leave Mankato, but everyone at Winter Park still calls it training camp in the preseason. So we still have a long way to go in training camp, but the Mankato part of training camp, sadly, is almost over. Only three more practices to go after today. Um, The Vikings will practice under the lights on Saturday night, so that'll be a lot of fun. All the photos and all the videos that you guys all watch on the website, it all looks a little bit different um, during the night practice, so that's really fun. Day off on Sunday. We traveled to Buffalo on Wednesday for the first preseason game on Thursday at 6 p.m. Central time kickoff. And um, that's kind of what's coming up. We have a packed show. The first thing I want to talk about, Nate, is um, votes for Mr. Mankato. We're, yeah, get your ballots filled out. Yeah. Um, I for sure have thought about this and have an opinion. Do you?
2: That makes one of us.
1: Okay, you have (laughs) not All right, I'm going to go first.
2: Okay, and then I'll think of something.
1: Okay, my Mr. Mankato um, for 2017, so far, with the right to change my opinion, because we still have technically four practices to go, is Michael Floyd. Uh, I see. In a a provincial state, um, he's a new player. He's one of us. He's from Minnesota, went to high school here, Creighton-Durham Hall, goes to Notre Dame, drafted in the first round by Arizona, finally comes home in the middle of his career, and he's having a fantastic training camp. And when he was an unsigned player kind of on the streets this offseason, one Kyle Rudolph was stumping for him inside the walls of Winter Park. And right now, Rudy has to be feeling pretty good about his tout. In fact, Rudy was asked about it earlier in camp, and here's what he had to say.
3: It is good to see. Um, you know, Anytime you put your word on someone, it's good to see him come through and make plays like you said they would. But uh, that's the Michael I've always known. That's the guy I went to school with. That's the guy I watched in Arizona for the last five years. So he's going to help us win a lot of games around here, and I'm just glad we have him. He puts everything in perspective, too, because he knows the four games are going to be out, but he's still coming here and working hard, so that says a lot about him, too, because some guys may not be able to put that that way. Uh, you know, it's he's just so excited to be here and to have all that stuff behind him and to go out there and work, and, uh, you know, he's really excited for what's ahead of him, and that's the 2017 season, uh, so he's just doing everything he can to get himself ready for when his time is called.
1: So safe to say Rudy agrees with me, Nate. Floyd's his Mr. Mankato, too. I'm just going to speak for him. And on move in day and the day after
2: their first break, um, they rolled in together. I'm assuming they drove yeah. together both days. So, Definitely. So it's cool to see them hanging around.
1: Yeah. Um, Floyd is staying with Rudy up in the cities. Like that's, right. yeah. So um,
2: I'm I sure it, d- it would really it'd be a surprise if they didn't. Yeah. Well, and and no the Rudys
1: have about. twins. So I mean, built in babysitter Michael Floyd. There they can go date night for the Rudys and leave Floyd mm-hmm. home with the babies. That's right. Anyway, Michael Floyd is my Mr. Mankato, and it's very apropos that the final camp in Mankato, Mr. Mankato is a Minnesota boy. I like I'll that.
2: I'll give you an even more apropos Kay. response. Okay. Adam Thielen. Oh, yeah. Adam Thielen, he, I, he's he been Mr. Mankato probably once or maybe even twice already. Right, retro throwback point. choice. I throwback, like it. Throwback, final year in Mankato. Adam Thielen's the guy. He's, it seems like every year he's a different person mm-hmm. or he's a different player, and this year, like, it's crazy. If you go back 4 years and and you say, "Oh uh, yeah, in 4 years Adam Thielen is going to be a no-doubt starter for the Vikings like week in and week out." Yeah. And feel great about it the way we do now, you wouldn't you wouldn't believe me if I said that.
1: Right. Right. And here he is. Mr. Mankato. He he, he was like um you know, the, we have the, what what is termed the call of the wild tryouts, like after the draft, and these guys come in and you don't know who they are, and they have a 1% chance of making the team. That was him. That was Adam Thielen. That's him. He's here. So yeah, the latest version of Adam Thielen is locked in, mm-hmm. first string
2: wide receiver, and he's 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 a leader in the receivers room and it's it's crazy just to think about him as like a veteran leader for yeah. this team already.
1: All right. Uh, let's bring in our first guest. And I bet she's gonna have an opinion on a Mr. Mankato. Um and she's Miss Mankato, really. It's Allie Arlt who has been on hand with us now for two weeks ish. Yeah. I mean, so I think we're getting into like our second or end of the second week pretty much. Um, You've been here every step of the way, Allie. Um, Literally, these are your stomping grounds. You're from Mankato, and cool, I would think, for you to be doing what you're doing with us, having grown up here in the final training camp in Mankato slash Vikings history.
3: You're absolutely right. You know, it's uh, it's very nostalgic for me to Mm -hmm. come here and to see that evolution of being a kid and being up in the bleachers and watching these guys, um, you know, being... Big fans of uh, these old veteran players growing up, and then coming now and and watching a rookie evolution through a new new age and a new era, and it's really fun to be a part of. Yeah, definitely.
1: And we were post practice one day um, a few days ago, and Robert Smith was here. You know, and we were talking about how we're around these guys all the time, and we are very good at not geeking out, not um, you know rubying out on these guys but like for you when you were growing up everyone's got those athletes that were important to them for whatever the reason and robert smith was one of those for you and and you got to go up to them and chat with them.
3: Exactly. I came up to you and I said, Mike, you know, I don't fangirl <laughs> over interviewing these athletes. I mean, yeah. they're incredible in their own right, and their own respect. Um, but growing up, there was this one particular athlete for me that really pulled me in as a football fan, mm-hmm. and and especially as a little girl who, you know, I, that's, that's hard to bring in little girls to want to watch this rough and tumble game. Um, but Robert Smith, uh, something about his game clicked with me. I couldn't wait each Sunday to come in and watch that man yeah. Just put everything out on the gridiron, and so I saw him the other day, and my heart dropped. And that just doesn't happen for yeah. me, you know, at this point. And I, I had to go up to him, and I had to shake his hand and just say, you know, Robert, you, you were one of those athletes that um, changed you know, the spectator and fan game for me as a woman and uh, really kind of propelled where I am today and wanting to cover sports. And I shook his hand and we had a great conversation and I do regret not getting a picture. I I still tried to remove myself enough, but now I'm sitting here going, God, the the inevitable Robert Smith, you know. Well
1: you know we never take anything for granted but you may have another shot at that probably I mean, robert you know. should be around for a while Absolutely. and he's one he's a friend of the program as we like to say he's um always willing and gracious with his time so oh, I, he's
3: a great guy i think
1: you'll have another opportunity down well, the road.
3: i'll be waiting on those days <laughs> yeah
1: think back to check-in day mm-hmm. um and and your first couple of days what was it like what's been maybe your favorite interview D- describe you know because. I think listeners hear us all the time talk about it. You're they've been watching you do the interviews, but this is your first time on the podcast, so explain what it's been like for the last um, week or so.
3: Yeah, you know, I've been getting to get this really great inside perspective starting from move-in day for the rookies. They came in three days earlier this year than the vets did, and and you know, I'm at the door meeting them before they even get up to their room, Yes. and you know, so it's maybe a little overwhelming for them to have a camera in their face and a microphone stuck in their face right away, um, but, but what you can tell is these guys come in, even as rookies and they're just focused they're ready to go um there's so much unknown coming into everything um but some of the guys you know had had a little fun with it and you can see some guys who feel a little more relaxed and like you know what Here I am, I'm going to soak this all in. And some guys who who are a little bit more, uh, I I don't want to say nervous, but just focused in the fact that they are out here auditioning for a role on the team. This is is their interview, and it's a big one, and they're definitely focused in on it. Um, What was fun to see the transition then three days later for the vets to come in uh, with not just a backpack and a suitcase, but cart after cart after cart filled with um, all the essentials that they knew they needed for camp. Um, I think what was funny was to see the difference between Xavier Rhodes, who bought about a $10 egg carton uh, bed mattress foam thing, versus Brian Robinson has this Probably a couple hundred dollar gel memory foam uh, pad, you know, and both are vets, but it's fun to see a little bit of the different unique personalities within those guys Um, and to talk to them kind of off the field and in that environment versus then pull them off the field after practice. Talk about that practice, kind of the the nitty gritty of it all um, and see that evolution of you know coming into camp and then kind of now getting towards the end of it and now it's crunch time.
1: Yeah, it is. And you know we're get yeah, we're getting to the end of camp and they're going to play games. I would imagine some of your line of questioning with these guys is starting to evolve or maybe it will today into are you ready to play a game? Mm-hmm. What are you finding them what what are they saying about that?
3: You know, a lot of these guys after practice Other than yesterday, yesterday was 62 degrees for a high, but uh, we've had incredible weather and a lot of these guys are so hot and tired after practice and they just want to hit the ice bath. Um, But what I'm really seeing is that these guys overall, they just want the team to improve. They know the areas of improvement that they want to work on. And and there's just this overwhelming drive of. Uh, coming together as a team because i do ask these guys personal questions of personal goals different improvements for themselves what do you want from the beginning of camp to the end and so much of every answer that i get is how can i make this team better and i think that's something that um you know happens with a lot of teams but i find really um just a beautiful thing for the vikings team and organization as a whole
1: yeah you have interviewed alex boone yes And the three of us have all done enough interviews, been on interviews, to know that some are trickier than others. Alex Boone is loquacious and a great interview, but it's also tricky.
3: Mm -hmm. What was
1: your interview like with Alex?
3: So I I knew going into it I was going to enjoy it no matter what, and really that was my first time interviewing him. um, But I already had expectations of it being a good one, and you know I wanted to throw in a kicker question for him at the very end, and I wanted to say you know we know that you're a great character and the fans love you, um, always making us laugh. But what's one thing that we don't know about you that maybe you'd like the fans to know? And he went soft on me. He said, you know what, Um, I. I'm just a guy who cares a lot. Yeah, um, he said he has
1: a big heart. I yes, yeah. that's exactly yeah. it. He yeah.
3: said, I have a big heart. Yeah. I care a lot and and here I was expecting, you know, something foul-mouthed or something <laughs> um, that would make us laugh, but I thought that was really cool to um, pull out a different side. You know, these players um, can either be a little bit showboaty or quiet, um, but it's fun to really see the personalities that, that they allow you into, um, especially when it's media sticking a microphone in their face. Yeah. Um, what I also enjoyed about his interview was every time he ran his fingers through his hair uh, I got a sweat shower uh, <laughs> all over me it was yeah. uh, really nice you know that's better than an autograph isn't it <laughs> that, that's part
1: part of the job yeah that, that's exactly. why that's why you get hazard pay
3: you know that and yeah. uh, you know Gatorade shower sweat shower right. I think they're one in the same right, at this exactly. point
1: <laughs> All righty, your your vote for Mr. Mankato.
3: You know what? I wanted to go rookie route. Um, What I've noticed is Rodney Adams soaking it all in. This guy is having a blast during camp, and that's so much fun to see. Um, You see a guy who comes into a small town and doesn't know anything about it, but is embracing it. He's taking it all in. He's one of the guys who sticks around and will sign every single autograph for these guys. And to me, that screams Mr. Mankato because um, it's all about – you know, creating that that connection with the fans, and he's a new guy, he's a new face, but he's something that's exciting for the Vikings, and he's my vote, right. uh, just solely on his embracement of Mankato like in the last it. training camp I here. I
1: like it. You are no longer a new face; the fans know you, so it's been awesome having you here for a couple of weeks. Um, you know, Twitter Nation can be nasty and um, discouraging and all of that, but I get I get tweets from fans saying Allie's awesome. You found a good one, make sure you keep her, whatever. So you're passing the test on Twitter for sure. Well, that's I, a good sign.
3: I appreciate that Mike I won't tell you what I'm getting about you okay, okay yeah. please don't. <laughs> no, I, I,
1: I see and read and hear enough. I don't no hear. and it's
3: only because they're all better compliments than yeah, mine. I don't so. know about that
1: but it seems like you're having a lot of fun so that's good.
3: <laughs> it's a blast I am so honored to be here and be a part of a team and an organization that is really a family. I think sometimes when you look at things from the outside you think these guys aren't all you know they're all out here to do their individual job but it really isn't like that. Everybody is a team here. It's amazing to be a part of. It's amazing to see, and I think that it will shine through through the team this season. Yeah.
2: All right. Thanks, Allie. So thank you to Allie for joining us. She's yeah. been doing a great job here at camp. It's been good to have her around and and ask some of the hard hitting questions that you can't ask, Bobby.
1: Yeah. Uh, Allie's the bomb. We it's been awesome to have her as part of the team, and it has allowed us to enhance slash expand um, the other stuff we do, like after practice. We've been doing some live interviews on Facebook and Periscope. And, um, you know, we like this is inside baseball. We found more efficient ways to shoot game plan, our TV show. Anyway, having her here has allowed us to kind of do that. So VEN coverage of training camp has never been better this year. And Allie's um, one of the reasons why. All right. A jam-packed show continues because now we bring in our next guest. It's Luke Inman. Normally when you bring in a guest, you begin with their affiliation, how you can follow their work and all of that and luke is doing so many different things at so many different places that, I, that we're gonna have luke do it um, himself and not me except i do know that you can find luke it's at luke underscore spinman Nailed it. Nailed it, boy. You which the bar really high. which i love the spinman thing you like that? well because yeah because what's up fellas and and yeah, our our show from outside um, the Vikings locker room continues with many distractions including the PR team walking by just now, the trainers, Big Shug Donut Club athletic athletic over here. Trainers walking out. by just now. And a E-Rob, tour um, 96 questions right here. A tour of Minnesota State University coming on with prospective students. Hi guys. Um Oh yeah, Spinman because like you know, we we put the spin on some stuff we too. Do. Is we that do. is that We keep it spinning. That's yeah. how keep, the it started out, of yours. You know, okay. I
0: have definitely uh, uh, had to go through this story a few times. But it, but short version elevator pitch it yeah. uh, started out kind of, hey, we're high school. Let's give each other like weird, funny, stupid rap nicknames. <laughs> Who are you going to okay. be? Spinning Rims was cool at the time. Last name Inman, okay. Spinman, Spinners. Uh, I know, like And it's it stuck. Wow. Mm-hmm. So most of these guys, they fizzled out. Mine's stuck. I'm rolling with it. Yeah.
1: I'm here to the end. Tell people where they can find your work other than your Twitter account.
0: For sure. Well, uh, doing a lot of work over at ZoneCoverage.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, me, Andy Carlson, Sam Ekstrom. Uh, the whole gamut over there. Ripping it up with a on, doing a bunch of football
1: podcasts. Focusing on the draft yeah. Vikings, You name it, you got it. And and you're always doing something fun after you record a podcast. Like, I always see a, a picture on Twitter from Andy, and you're at, like, some cool restaurant. Yeah, he tries to get us, uh, a, I think, a little boozed up afterwards and, <laughs> and tries to have the uh, the late-night
0: podcast later yeah. on, which probably not suitable for this show. But, yeah, we have a yeah. good time. We, we, we try to have
1: fun, that's All right. for sure. Um, I, like, the time where you and I started chatting the most mm-hmm. and getting to know each other was down um, – In Mobile. Yeah. Like, because you're a big Senior Bowl guy. Oh, it's my favorite, man. It's my favorite. That's really um, applicable for you here, you know, because you're dealing with a lot of guys who got on the radar with these teams at the Senior Bowl. Right here. Shamar Uh, Shamar Steffen, a Uh, great example. Seventh round pick, Shamar Steffen. So,
0: I mean, you know, just to give you a broad overview about the Senior Bowl. Phil Savage does a phenomenal job down there at, at Lad Peebles Stadium, but doing a, a great job of being able to get these players uh, not only in front of coaches and scouts for all 32 teams, but Canadian Football League, Arena Football yeah. League, things like that. And uh, I just think it's one of those uh, uh, situations where you can get a deep dive on a lot of these guys down to Senior Bowl where you can't get that anywhere else. Yeah. So I absolutely love it. Um, this will be my fifth year coming up next February, and uh, I just have a blast, and I know you do too. It's a good time.
1: It is fun. Um, we've been we sent Craig Peters the last couple That's of right. years, yeah. And um, but being down there is awesome. It's a lot like Mankato. Like the people in Mankato take pride in hosting training camps, and I think the people in Mobile take pride in hosting the senior bowl and so they're very hospitable it's a super fun time anytime you see coverage of the senior bowl i encourage you to check it out if you're not a regular make sure you do whether it's luke's stuff or our stuff because it's it's hardcore football
0: well and i think too to to do a little bit more deep dive on the football aspect of it you know when you look at the vikings i mean uh they've had some good ones and they've had some bad ones obviously christian ponder mvp of the senior bowl but harrison smith uh you know mentioned shamar stefan's seventh round pick jerick mckinnon was down there uh such a great, you know, I, I guess opportunity not only for us but small school guys. Mm-hmm. Talking about a Jarek McKinnon from Georgia Southern, yeah, um, who doesn't get a lot of the big name love or recognition for you know, compared to some of these D1 schools, obviously Alabama, LSU, Florida, Florida State. Uh, right. To get those guys that are very athletic uh, and have those traits in front of those scouts, I just think it's a huge opportunity for those kids too. So uh, a lot of Senior Bowl guys and, and you know Spielman and his staff, Jamal Stevenson, they do such a great job of uh doing their deep dive when they're down there that's for sure all
1: right let's get into some of the some of our roster luke and let's stick with the younger guys um second year guys Yes. so think about the 2016 draft class slash undrafted class Mm -hmm. second year guys that that you think are poised to make this roster and maybe have an impact who comes to mind for you
0: well you know we were Briefly talking before I jumped on, and, and and you know, we touched on Spielman does a great job of not only trying to win this year and be competitive, but setting him and Rob Brzezinski up for 2018, 2019, 2020. And sometimes, you know, it's tough when you develop a guy like an Adi Cole, for example, and you got to let him go, like a Red Ellison, those type of guys, but you got to have next man up. You know, mentality. I just think Mac Alexander replacing Captain Munnerlin and, and what I think, Wabi, is the toughest position to play right now in the nickel. NFL. The nickel yeah. cornerback, you know, yeah. going up against Julian Edelman's and Stephon Diggs out here. I mean, yeah. that's a tough thing. So uh, Mac Alexander, a lot of eyes going to be on him. He's had a good camp so far. I expect him to uh, have some of those uh, maybe rookie moments, so to speak, when he gets on. But I think in the long haul, uh, this kid coming out of Clemson was a true shutdown guy. Uh, a lot of eyes on him. And David Morgan, uh, yeah. quietly, Red Elson was one of my favorite Vikings to watch. Yeah, uh, people who don't watch a lot of the tape don't understand how good he was uh, of just being a football player, one of those Zim guys. And and I think David Morgan shares similar qualities. Um, but you know, is it unfair to expect these young kids who really haven't played yet, Mac Alexander, David Morgan, to just immediately fill into those big shoes and, and yeah. have a seamless?
1: But is isn't this the balance that you have to draw though? Luke is, and I've, t- I've talked to different people about mm-hmm. this. Is, you know, these coaches, they're all about pr- preparing. They're about getting guys ready to be able to play so that when they're mm-hmm. out there, you can rely on them. But so much of what you learn, you learn, I think, when you're playing. 100%. And like, so you have to, as a coach, it's got to be a really tough balance to draw where it's like, yep, he's not totally ready mm-hmm. and 100% reliable, but he's ready enough to go out there and play.
0: Absolutely, I think that's the 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 best way to learn. At the end of the day, you can watch the film, you can work on. We hear it all the time that word technique. How much do we hear that word? Um, You can do all that stuff, but ultimately, the 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 way you're going to get better uh, and develop, and I think these coaches know that, is to get that playing time. That's why I think this preseason is going to be huge for you look at it just just in general uh, a fourth draft class now under the Zimmer Spielman era uh, this roster is not only young but it's loaded with young talent so yeah. preseason is going to be huge for some of these bubble guys um, and, and and you know they're fighting for very few spots I mean I think I could count on a one- hand practice squad though yeah. I think is where you you kind of learn the ropes and, and develop for some of these guys so um, it's it's definitely going to be interesting preseason I'm excited for Buffalo next week
1: what did you think uh, let's go to the 2017 draft class when the draft was over and you'd studied all these guys on film and at the senior bowl and you've you've you did podcasts about so like you, you knew the class like as well as you can get to know a class so when the draft was over and you looked at the players the Vikings had selected you know what what were your thoughts then and then walk us through what you just saw from the yep. last walk through this morning, no doubt. how you think it's evolved?
0: Well, it, it's a good question, Wabi. I think when I really did a deep dive on this draft class, specifically running back, was loaded. And I know Spielman, he's all about value. trader Rick, as he's now yeah. dubbed. Uh, I thought that waiting for a running back would give him the best value to be able to attack another position early on that maybe didn't have as enough. Uh, as, as much depth. So when they originally took Dalvin Cook, I'll be honest, I, I wasn't shell-shocked because what a phenomenal talent, but I just thought that waiting in, to get uh, uh, a guy at a position that may be a little watered down now in a passing league, maybe wasn't the best move. Then you go back and you start re-watching Dalvin Cook, yeah. and you remember why he was so special and highly yeah. regarded coming out. So um, I, I thought Dalvin Cook w- was one of those splash moves that Trader Rick always likes to do, and then getting an offense Defensive lineman, if not two or three, was a big priority. You started to see a run on those guys go. Yeah. Uh, Forrest Lamp, Dan Feeney, there's a lot of them, and yeah. then, and you could tell. Trader Rick said, "Hey, th- there's a big drop off after this tier. We better go get a guy." And they got a, They got a damn good one.
1: Yeah, Elf line, and and I think the drop was particularly precipitous at center. No doubt. You know, absolutely. And, and Elf line was the last of the bunch. I think. Absolutely. Um, so that was good. How about what up, Quan? How about Danny Isadora? You like him? Yeah, I do. I do.
0: I think um, he's a guy that that had 39 straight starts at Miami, so he's okay. consistent. Yep. Um, one of his knocks was that he wasn't as versatile as some guys. He played right guard only, which is regarded as maybe the easier position to play on the O line. But, um, you know, coaches didn't want to move him from that spot if they, they didn't have to. So mm-hmm. um, I think he's got a great base, Wabi. I think he's strong. Uh, I, again, you're going to hear a lot of technique. These guys got to work on the technique quite a bit. But uh, I think the athleticism's there. Uh, um, again strong lower base and he's a cane baby so yeah. these guys are talented you know it's cool to see a guy like him and like Stacy Coley coming yes. together I love asking those guys like hey this is pretty cool that you guys are drafted together you know what yeah I
1: mean? and I like talking to those guys about um, you know when they were at the University of Miami yeah. and working out in the off season, yeah. like who came through like right. Ray Lewis and Reggie Wayne Shh. like these Willis guys G- Jimmy Graham. Yeah, I mean. All these guys that come through that are studs. And there's something to be said Mm -hmm. about training around those guys that it it rubs off on you a little bit. Something.
0: Absolutely. I mean, I haven't been there, don't know. But i got to think, once you look, you get in the weight room or the practice field, and you see some of those posters or guys actually showing up like that. I, for me, it would elevate me even just in yeah. practice to yeah. kind of go as hard as I could. So, yeah, certainly Miami, great reputation. But but all the ACC and some of these SEC schools, too, like obviously Alabama um, and I think, you know, Ohio State Michigan, when you look at the draft classes the past few years, you would be stunned to see actually how much of the NFL right now is about four or five schools, you know, Ohio yeah. State, Alabama, LSU. USC, you know, we got, yeah. I mean, it's, it's crazy, Wabi, it really is.
1: Well, what's your favorite part about this team? I mean, when you look at 2017 and how it's constructed, yeah. and you know, considering the whole roster, mm-hmm. um, you know, and you give every every element of the team a rating, you know, what what do you think's the highest-rated part of this team? Going going below just offense, defense, like like dig a little deeper. Best part about this team, I, I love the, the pass-rushing ability of this Ugh. team. I think that's probably my favorite part of the team, but do you have a favorite well, part of this team?
0: you know, for I don't want to double dip because, you know, in, in general, though, I will say this, you know, I, the defense is always going to be the identity of this team. They're going to keep this team in almost every game. There's yeah. going to be very few occasions where they get blown out. But I, I was just so surprised when Zim took over how quickly – I mean, how quick he was able to take just the guys that he had—no uh, draft classes in yet, no free agents in—and and, and go from thirty-second, dead last, to middle of the pack already. It just made me step back, go, "Whoa!" The, you know, the reputation's yeah. real. But um, you know, in, in a passing league, you got to have guys that can get after the passer. Again, I hate to double dip, but uh, when you got guys like Everson Griffin. Um, Daniil Hunter, oh my gosh, what a great story there. I just did a piece on Stephen Weatherly, who oh, I'm really intrigued with. Did you talk uh, to him? I did talk okay. to him. What a phenomenal guy, on and off the
1: field. Yeah. Smart cat. Ten yeah. instruments this guy plays? Yeah, I know, it's what? crazy. And he's got someone trying to breathe down his neck into Sean Bauer, too, don't you think? Oh,
0: absolutely. You know, it's one thing, Wobby, to, to do the digging uh, on film and things like that and see their size and measurements. And even at the combine, you know, you get it. But to actually be here, and step next to TJ Clemmings yeah. or step next to a guy like Bauer, it, it really makes you step back and go, whoa, this guy looks like an NFL football player.
1: Yeah, all right. Now, last one um, for you, Luke, because I think people are sick of hearing me talk about this guy. I, I really, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> I, going. I think I know where we're okay, going. All right. Um, Michael Floyd. Yeah. T- tell me what you foresee Boy. with him um, for 2017. Put the hyperbole aside, sure. be practical. How can he help? We all know the four-game suspension to start the season. Mm-hmm. What's What's up with Michael Floyd? What have you seen out here?
0: It was day one. Uh, he went up on the sideline, about a 15-yard out pattern. But when he exploded out of his shoes to go up and over this D-back, I looked at the guy next to me. I said, I remember why he was a top 15 yeah. pick now. Big-bodied, physical receiver. And I think, you know, in today's NFL, a pass-heavy league, Um, and especially with the way the Vikings are ran, play good defense, run the football, don't turn the ball over, you have to have guys that can just win one-on-one matchups. And you know it doesn't always need to be big-bodied guys, but Floyd is that, and that's his strength. So intermediate, deep down the field, red zone's going to be huge. I mean, we're going to be in a lot of tight-scoring games, so turning the field goals into touchdowns this year, I'm excited for Floyd because – uh, you know, if he can, if he's eligible for Mr. Mankato, the award they love to give out every year yeah. to to the best player at camp, I think right now he's got to be the front runner. He's up there. Yep. Yeah, I think a yep. uh,
1: I think a dark horse would be Ben Gideon. A lot of people for seem sure. to like him. Can know? we talk about Gideon real yeah, quick? Yeah. What do you got?
0: Well, Gideon, you know, he's a guy, and, and I had the pleasure of having you on the Draft Rap podcast yeah. uh, earlier. Plug, plug, plug. You know, Gideon was a guy, fourth round pick out of Michigan that not a lot of people really knew about, not a lot of buzz, maybe not even a lot of production. But the more you do to deep dive and I got to talk to Corey Chavis about him uh, who he's absolutely infatuated with getting because he's a guy that might not be the best in coverage but when you talk about getting downhill and being one of those smash mouth football play those Mike Zimmer football players he can add some physicality now and replace a guy like Chad Greenway so you know what goes kind of untold a little bit Middle-of-the-pack run defense last year. Yeah, right. Um, and I know you touch on that quite a bit uh, um, in your work. So getting a guy like Gideon, um, and again, we talked about the D-line, um, things things should go well for, yeah. for a guy like Gideon. I'm excited to see him.
1: He's And, and he's a Jim Harbaugh guy. So, I yeah, mean, Jim Harbaugh guy. Go get your fo- guys. He's a football guy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, last one. I know I said for that sure. twice now. That's fine. Um, I could do this all day. I think like one of the best players that just doesn't get talked about enough is Eric Kendricks. Ugh. Just, like, in football-y, like, hardcore football-y terms, talk about Kendricks.
0: Well, I I did a full video breakdown when he came out, not knowing that we were going to draft him. And I, it, it's just one of those things where uh, it, it gets thrown out a lot, but instincts, uh, he, is, he knows the play. He's one of these guys, these sneaky guys, not the biggest guy in the world, one of these guys, though, that just can read a play before it develops. And I think... When you talk about football IQ and, and, and you know understanding the game, uh, Kendricks and that football IQ is just something that um, is extremely underrated right now. I'm excited now. You know when you have some some more winning seasons nationally, mm-hmm. these guys get a little bit more buzz. Yeah. I think Eric Kendricks just start to get a little bit more buzz
1: this year. Hope so. Yeah, you know, I hope he's so, man. he's uh, he's an awesome just football player. Yeah, we went out to visit him. Uh, actually, out pro- in Cali, yeah, producer Nate Vaughn oh, and that's I awesome. we went out there and now hung he with always him,
0: we, we talked about earlier. Dude. Coley and Isadora, the, the teammates, is he always chilling with Bar? Because Pretty How much. cool was that?
1: Pretty much. You but he, but not out there. We didn't see Bar. We only saw Kendrick's, okay. but they're chilling together they're all, chill the all the time. I, they hey, should have a podcast.
0: Hashtag chemistry.
1: Yeah, that's right. And I'm it matters it. at that position. No doubt. All right, it's Luke Inman, everyone. That's who you were just listening to, again, on Twitter, at Luke underscore Spinman. Check him out. He's a fun follow, especially if you love football. Thanks, brother. Appreciate, hey, appreciate your time. Appreciate it, man. All always, right.
0: anytime. Yep.
1: Let's get to some
2: fan mail. You got some fan mail. Yeah, I have some fan mail. Love fan mail. One of my favorite things to do. Print it off on my telephone here. Okay. Outside on the bench. Beautiful weather. Okay, first question. It's great seeing the Vikings proactively rewarding key deserving players like Everson and Xavier with contract extensions. Mm -hmm. Do you expect them to also proactively extend Stefan Diggs' contract? It appears to be up in 2018, and man, comparatively his pay is crazy low he deserves to be rewarded too i would really hate to see him slip away next year just as he's hitting his prime that's from genie in victoria
1: in an era where it's very common and easy to underperform relative to your contract Stephon diggs is doing the opposite because he's on a mid-round rookie contract and he's a starting wide receiver and um the deal, though, is you have to complete three seasons before you can redo your contract. So you couldn't even do it with Stefan if you wanted to. He's got to complete this season first. I do see the Vikings continuing their recent strategy of being proactive with contracts and restructuring slash re-signing players, maybe even before they're actually up. I see that continuing. GM Rick Spielman has alluded to it uh, publicly, and in fact, he did so on Friday morning when he was joining Voice of the Vikings, Paul Allen and Paul Charchian on 9 to noon on FM 100.3. So um, I do envision some more of those coming down the pike. Don't know exactly which players they will be, but um, guys like Diggs and Kendricks you can't do until their third season is over, so it won't be them, but it could be uh, others, uh, maybe even more on defense. And um, that's, that's one thing that Spielman has to do, um, you know, and, and Luke Inman um, talked about it. Like, he's, he's got to have the 2017 team win, but he's also got to look and see what the roster looks like in 18, 19, and 20. And that's, um, that's part of uh, the strategy behind extending some of these contracts a year early.
2: Kevin... In Laguna Beach, mm-hmm. California, Ooh. beautiful California. We says, were in the
1: Laguna Beach area this we off were. season.
2: That we were. Yeah. Uh, Kevin says, "I see another eight and eight team this year. Tell me why I'm wrong. Ah! Why are you so down, Kevin? In Jeepers. Laguna Beach, Kevin. Life sounds alright. Why don't you just relax and enjoy the season? We, why, why won't we be eight and eight this year?
1: Well, we were eight and eight last year, and there was a lot of stuff that went and not great. We, I mean." We we use nine different starting offensive line combinations. Five different left tackles. Adrian Peterson missed like thirteen games. T- uh, Teddy got hurt eight days, ten days before the season. We traded for a quarterback eight days before the season. Coach Zimmer's I was, you know, Who knows? I don't, yeah, I I, I I'd, like I had that, trouble keeping up with that. There is no way all that stuff, similar stuff, can happen. A similar amount of stuff can happen. We're better than eight and eight for sure. Uh, to me, not even qualifying health. The, this year's offensive line is going to be better than last year's. So that's reason enough that we're, we're going to be better than A&A because our defense is the same or better. And our offense, by definition, will be better if the offensive line is, is better than it was last year. But if healthy, if I can throw the health qualifier in... This offensive line will be better than the 2015 offensive line, and with that offensive line, we went 11 and five. Hot take, hot take. Um, so I see uh, many reasons why we'll be better than eight and eight, but the improvement along the offensive line is probably key among them.
2: I don't know if you remember that 2015 team made the playoffs. Yeah, just saying they won the division, won the
1: division, division championship game at Lambeau Field. Chris mm-hmm. from Arizona. I like, I,
2: we we have a, our fan base spread out.
1: Yes, there. California,
2: Arizona, yes. love it. My 8-year-old son Mikey has an NFL calendar hanging in his room. The calendar graphics have players from a variety of teams throughout the year, some Vikings included, of course. My wife noticed yesterday it was still on June. we're Here we are in August. Mm-hmm. It was still on June with Earl Thomas as the featured pick. She went to flip it to July and stopped her... Uh, And her son stopped her with a scream, said, no, mom, please don't turn it to July. I imagine it was a little more enthusiastic than me. Uh, At first, she didn't understand why, but soon realized that a picture of none other than Aaron Rodgers was the featured pick of that month. Found a lot of pride that he would rather skip the month (laughs) (laughs) than have to look at that picture for 31 days. That's my boy. Pretty cool, isn't that? That's cool. That's a cool story. I wanted to include it here. He should uh Chris that. let us know who the August Yeah. the the August athlete is. We Hopefully would like not another Green Bay Packer.
1: No, it, it it won't be. Right back Chris let us know who August and September are. We'd be curious to know. Love that story. Love the passion that um, that Vikings fans have and it has been on display here in Mankato all of training camp. Never get sick of that. Um, and I love um, I love that he felt compelled to share that story with me. It wasn't a question. He wasn't wanting anything. He just wanted to share that that story and uh passing vikings fandom on to the next generation love hearing that stuff all righty that's it for this week's edition of the Wobcast. we thank you for joining us nate and i are going to go watch practice get ready for night practice tomorrow yeah it's uh fun times down here in mankato we still have about half of a week to go and we're going to give you our all covering this team during 2017 Verizon Vikings training camp from Mankato, and then we're going to depart for Buffalo next week for the Vikings' first preseason game against the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> and then we start playing games. We cannot wait. No. I watched the Dalvin Cook feature that is in the first episode of Vikings Game Plan, which just that segment is on the website, and I was about ready to run through a brick wall. I'm Very so well done feature. Yeah, I'm very excited for football, and it is right here. Thanks, Nate, for everything. Thank you, Mike Wapshaw. You bet. We'll do this again next week after the Vikings beat the Bills to move to 1-0 in the 2017 That's what we do. Yes. That's
2: what we do under Zimmer. Mm-hmm. We win preseason games. That's right.
1: All right, everyone. We uh, really appreciate you listening all the way to the end of this podcast. Remember, you can catch all of your Vikings content delivered from... Us at the Vikings Entertainment Network, a variety of ways. All of our social media platforms, of course, Vikings.com and the Vikings app. If you have not downloaded it, please do so. It keeps getting better and better, and um, we're gonna wrap it up here from Mankato. Thank you for listening. Talk to you guys next time.
3: So yeah, I